Hey everyone, so glad that you're here joining us tonight for our 5 p.m. service. I just want to say uh, my name's uh, Pastor Jake Blaukamp. I'm on the pastoral staff here at Res Life. And I just want to say from my perspective, we miss all of you. We miss seeing you in person. And, you know, through these times, I've really been so proud to call Res Life uh, Church my church family. You know, uh, through social media and through just having conversations with the different people that I'm connected to, I'm so proud of how we've responded to what's happening uh, in in our state, in our country, and in our world. I've seen so much hope. I've seen so much encouragement. I've seen so much, really, the body of Christ being the body of Christ, reaching out, helping in any way that we can. And so I just want to say I'm so proud. Uh, to, to call this specific church my church family. Also proud of the church at large for how we're responding and really helping and being the light of the world in this time. And so I want to encourage us to continue to do that. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. Uh, this is the time. These are the times that Christ has really called us to be the light of the world. And so uh, although we miss you and we miss seeing you, we know that God's doing a work uh, in your life, and we're super thankful, and hopefully that we can really just dive a little bit deeper into that uh, tonight through the message and through the word. So, and just want to say, if you're having a difficult time in this uh, during this season, uh, we want to be. We are here for you. You don't have to go through it alone. So, whether it's you can email prayer at reslife.org or stay connected through social media through messaging us, we'd love to stay connected and help you and pray with you in any way that we can. But I'm, I'm really excited about the word that I think God's placed on my heart for tonight. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I want to share the title of what we're going to be going into tonight. So really the, the title is God's Game Plan for Peculiar Times. And we are in peculiar times right now. And I really think God has a game plan. He has a strategy for us as believers to actually walk through peculiar times times. So through all, all of what's going on in the world, uh, one of the superficial bummers uh, that, that has been brought is that I, that March Madness was canceled. <laughs> I know that's pretty superficial and silly, but I'm a huge basketball fan. And another bummer is that the NBA has been postponed and might be canceled. I'm a huge basketball fan and I've just been like, oh, I love watching and following on the ESPN app and all of that. It's been a huge bummer, even though it's superficial. Um, you know, because I played, uh, I played in high school. I played basketball in high school. I played basketball in college. And, and uh, one thing that you got to know about any sport, but also businesses, is there's a game plan or a business plan. And there was one particular game in college that I was in. Um, it, was a, it was a road game. Um, I played for a small Christian college. Uh, it's called Grace Bible College. It's now Grace Christian University. And uh, we were playing a team that was much more athletic than us. Um, so our coach decided that we were going to go into a zone defense. And uh, they came out, and the reason we went into zone is because this, this particular team wasn't uh, the best shooting team, so they weren't great at, at hitting their threes. But, so we decided to go into a zone. And we were playing actually pretty good defense. I, I remember we were making our right uh, reads. We were, we were playing good help defense. We were stopping penetration. Um, but this team, who normally didn't hit a lot of threes, hit just a crazy amount of threes in the first half, and we were actually losing by quite, quite, a, quite a bit. And I remember going into halftime, and we were, you know, down maybe 12, 14 points. And I remember going to the locker room, and I, you know, the coach came in the, in, in, into the locker room, and, and I was a captain, and so I was like, coach, we need to get out of this zone. We need to get out of the zone, coach. And, and I remember my coach looked at me in the eye, and my coach was, is, is, was a great coach, 
Um, he's still the coach at, at Grace Christian, and they've won, uh, I think he's won seven national championships um, at Grace at Grace Bible. Here's a, a picture of, of me, my freshman year at Grace Bible. We had won the, my freshman year, we had won the national championship, which was a, which was a phenomenal experience. Uh, so my coach uh, looked at me right in the eye and he said, and he said, Jake, we're sticking to the game plan. And I'm thinking in my head, but they're hitting all these threes. They're, they're, they are not missing. We need to go man to man. And he said, Jake, we're sticking to the game plan. And we came out in the second half. They stopped making their threes. We made a comeback, played good defense, and we actually ended up winning the game. And really, kind of the, 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 the reason I'm sharing that story is just because things start to look bleak does not mean that we should abandon the game plan. Just because things start to look bleak does not mean we should abandon the game plan. You know, and in the, in the peculiar times that we're in, we're kind of grasping at straws. We're like, what do we do? You know, we, we're not in church. We're, all our rhythms are disrupted. Maybe I lost my job or my kids are at home and I'm, how do I handle this? And, and really God's game plan has not changed. His, his strategy and his instruction for us has not changed. And it's an opportunity for us as whether leaders of our, leaders of our family or whether I'm a young person and, and really navigating not being in school, it's an opportunity for us to dig into the God's word and really uh, uh, double down on God's instruction and his game plan for our life. And so we're going to be reading out of 2 Timothy 4 today. Reading out of 2 Timothy 4. And I, I just want to read, before I, I read that to you though, I, would, uh, I, I want to set up the context a little bit here. And so 2 Timothy was actually a, a, a letter written by Paul. And he's writing it to a young Christian leader named Timothy. And Timothy was in a city called Ephesus, and this letter was written at the end of Paul's life. And so he, he's writing it as an old man seasoned in ministry, and he's writing really what would be his last letter to the church. And so when we think about these are the, that these are his last, his last words, there's a, there's a weight that they carry. Now, all scripture carries weight, but there's a weight that's carried because they're Paul's last words. And he's writing it to a man named Timothy. And, and Timothy, there's good reason to believe that he was actually afraid and that he was timid and that he was, he was uh, intimidated by the culture that he was in. And there was, a lot of, there was some persecution. There was some pressure on him from different aspects of their culture. And there's good reason to think that Timothy started to back down. He started to back down on his beliefs, his convictions, his lifestyle. And Paul was writing this to encourage, to, to, to exhort, and to really uh, challenge Timothy to be a leader in the peculiar time that he was in, which was a time of pressure on the church and the Christians in the city. And I know for me, you know, this, this setup relates to me because you know, I'm not always super, super confident and I do get intimidated and I do feel fear and I do feel kind of just the pressures of life that come on me and it that kind of makes me back down from whether it's sharing my faith or whether uh, standing with a, with a loud and proud voice that stands for righteousness. And so this relates to me, you know, someone who may fall into being fearful or fall into being timid. I, I read this with a connection that I have just as a human being. And so let's, uh, let's, let's dive into this. 
uh, this passage as it, as it gives us just a little kick in the butt, <laughs> a, little, a little pushing to really uh, lead well in peculiar times. So for uh, 2 Timothy, we're going to be reading in chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. So remember, Paul is writing here uh, towards the end of his life. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. You know, Paul is sharing this instruction to Timothy as he knows he may not see him again. These are the last words. The, 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 the weight that these words carry are so true. All the fluff aside, he's saying, listen, this is what's most important. This is what's most important. These are the things that will last. And as we read uh, uh, Paul's last words to Timothy, we can imagine that he would have told him the meat and potatoes to moving forward, the what's most important. And really, as we, as we read this and apply it to, to today, right, 2020, you know, we're in peculiar times. We're in these odd times. But God is not changing his strategy or game plan just because things are different for our circumstances. He's not changing his, his strategy. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, as we, as we think about God's game plan for peculiar times, um, what is that game plan? And I think we find a little bit of it here in 2 Timothy uh, 4. He says in 2 Timothy 4, he says, Preach the word. Preach the word. And so my first point here is share some good news. And some of you have seen uh, John, John Krasinski's uh, some good news on whether it's on YouTube or you saw it on Facebook or you saw it on the news where he shares some different highlights and whatnot from uh, the country and the world. It's just some good things happening because in peculiar times, people are craving good news. And so I'm not in this, I'm, I'm using a play off of John Krasinski, but I'm not actually telling us just to focus on that. I'm really referring to the fact that really Christians and people in this time, are craving good news. We're, the world is ready for the good news of the gospel more than ever. And it's our job to preach the word, much like Paul told Timothy. He says, preach the word. Preach the word. And one thing I want to I clear up here is, is oftentimes in American Christianity and in other parts of the world as well, when scripture refers to preaching the word, you're imagining what I'm doing right now, right? Where I'm, I'm a, a pastor preaching, but really scripturally preaching is not done by someone who does full-time ministry. Preaching was to be done by everyone. 
really declaring or proclaiming the good news of the resurrection of Jesus is preaching. And sometimes we like to say, well, that's the preacher's job. That's the pastor. That's your job. And this is peculiar times reveal really the truth of God's game plan, which is that everyone is to preach the word. Because although I'm on a screen right now, really what holds the most weight in an unbeliever's life is the personal voice of a Christian in their life. And yes, good things come from a preacher on a stage with a microphone, and people do come to find God through the preaching from stage. But I think now more than ever, you and I, as normal Christians, are called to preach the word. We're called to share the good news of the gospel. We're called to do it in a creative way that gives hope to those that their worlds really have been shaken. And so when he's referring to preach the word, he's not referring to me on a stage preaching the gospel, although that's a part of it. He's really talking to us as normal everyday Christians. You sitting there watching wherever you're watching this from, whether live or it's a replay later on, God is calling us to share the good news of the gospel, which is that Jesus came to save sinners. The good news of the gospel that says Christ has a purpose for your life, but without Christ, your life is spiraling down into eternal separation from God, which is hell. And the good news is that we do not have to pay for our sin. Christ paid for it all to give us a new life. And really God's game plan for peculiar times is to urge and push Christians, everyday Christians, to put the gospel on the forefront of their minds because the whole world is building their life on sinking sand. The whole world is building their life on the economy. They're building their life on their job. They're building their life on on all these things that are subject to change. In peculiar times, kind of settle the dust and make people realize that what they're building their lives on is totally unstable. Maybe they've had someone die of the coronavirus and my heart goes out to those people, but people are seeing the pandemic and they're they're evaluating their values. And that's why we can't just rely on a Facebook or a YouTube live stream to reach them. We can't just rely on preachers. We need you to get up, to pray, and to be willing to boldly share the good news of Jesus to those in your life that are open to it. And this is God's game plan for peculiar times. You and I sharing the good news that Christ came to save sinners. Christ came to save the world through his death and resurrection. And all it takes is belief and faith and repenting from our old ways. (laughs) If you can't tell, this is so... uh, this is such a passion point for me because I truly believe that as Christians, we get so caught up in things that really are on the fringe. They're not as important as we think. And yes, they are important. And yes, they hit home for us and our families. But really, I believe that if we would have our mindset really set towards God, what good are you bringing from this situation? What's your game plan? What's your strategy for my life and my sphere of influence? I believe that we would start seeing it in a different way. We'd start experiencing more peace. 
than, than if we'd focus on the news or focus on Facebook articles and what the president or what the governor has to say. I believe that we would actually start to see God's fingerprint and his hand moving through this pandemic. Because God's game plan for peculiar times hasn't changed. It's to grow and expand his kingdom through people like you and people like me. So it's go time, guys. It's go time to proclaim the good news of the gospel. And some of you, some, you know, I, I, this has been a passion point for years. And some of the things that I hear from people when they say, well, I don't know what to say. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, what if they don't listen? Well, what if they get angry? There's all these what ifs. And this is what I always share. We go back to the word and, and, and there's this parable of the sower that Jesus talks about. And he says that seed is sown, some are sown on rocky ground, some are, some are sown in the thorns, some are sown on good soil. Seed is sown in different soils. And then later on, God says that some sow, some water, God brings the harvest or the increase. So it's not your and my job to save anyone. It's not your and my job to save anyone. It's God's job to save. It's my job to boldly proclaim. It's my job to tell the good news of what Jesus has done for me and for so many others throughout history. And so really the pressure is taken off because all I have to do at that point is say, listen, Christ has risen from the dead. Either you believe it or you don't. It's not a philosophical ascent. It's not a mental ascent. It's a, it's a historical fact that Jesus has risen from the dead after being in the grave for three days. And we ask ourselves, why did he do it? He did it to save you and me from the, from the, 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 the death that was gripping us through us trying to figure out life in our own way. And it's really that simple. As we boldly proclaim and have conversations with people in our life. It's God's job to save. It's our job to boldly proclaim. This is what Romans 10 uh, says about it. Romans 10 says about it. It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing the word about Christ. And so we know from Ephesians 2 that, that uh, salvation comes by grace alone through faith alone. So faith is a key component. So how might someone who is not a Christian come to know Christ and receive salvation from their sin? Well, it's, it's simple. He says faith comes from hearing. So when they hear, when unbelievers hear the message of Christ, some will reject it. But others, when they hear it, faith actually comes from you and me sharing this good news. Faith comes, for, the faith for salvation comes from hearing the word of Christ. And how can they hear unless someone tells them? How can they hear unless you and I go and have a conversation, even though it may be awkward, even though it, we think it may end a friendship or it may offend them? We love people enough to have the real conversation about where they're at, with their belief in God and their belief in eternity. And that's what these peculiar times do. It places eternity in the face of mankind, in the face of everyone. And this is our time. God's game plan is for you and I to share the good news of the gospel 
of Jesus Christ. And so some people, uh, <laughs> some people, once again, they make these false assumptions that it's my job, the preacher's job, or Pastor Dwayne's job, or you name Pastor Daniel's job to preach the gospel. No, it's every one of our job. It's every one of our responsibility to care and have a compassion and really carry a weight for the lost people in our lives. You know, for me, I've been teaching our young people this for years here at Res Life is I have what's called my top 10 most wanted list. It's a list of 10 people in my life who are unsaved and who I like, what, the way I think about it is they are on their way to hell. 10 people in my life. And I pray for them on a weekly basis. I pray for them. I ask God to give me opportunities to share my faith with them, to have conversations, to, to challenge them. I, I pray for their heart to be softened. I pray. And really, in these times, I've had two of the people on my top 10 most wanted list. I've had two of them call me to talk to me about God in this season of the coronavirus. Listen, guys, God's game plan for this peculiar time is to grow his kingdom through your faith, through your prayers, through your proclaiming, through your sharing, through your hope, through your understanding of God's work in your life and in the world. So let's not get distracted. Here's what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says we are Christ's ambassadors. We are representatives of God to the world. Matthew 5 says it this way. It says you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. So let your light shine before men that they can see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. You are the light of the world. You see the Christ is the light, but when his light shines on us, we become the light that Christ uses to draw unsaved, unregenerated people to himself. And we are Christ's ambassadors. You are not just a normal Christian. You are not just a Christian. You are a host of God's presence, his peace, his hope. You are the light of the world. Don't sell yourself short. Well, Jake, I don't know enough. Jake, I don't understand the Bible completely. Jake, I don't under Jake, I'm not a preacher. Jake, I you know I'm still struggling with things. Listen, God is not looking for per perfection. He's looking for people who are available. He's looking for people who are available. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors. You know, there's a story of, uh, of one of our young adults. He was, he was uh, driving down the road and he saw someone walking on the side of the street. So he said, hey, I'm going to go pick him up. And so he picked him up, asked him where he was going. He drove him to his destination. On the way, he shared the gospel with him. The dude was so inspired and so intrigued and so really just drawn to the love, but also to the message that he started having a conversation. And this young adult in our church led this guy to Christ. And now this guy is plugged into our church, serving in the youth and really, uh, uh, really growing in his faith. But it didn't come through him coming to church. It came, salvation came to him through an ambassador, through an everyday Christian 
reaching out and sharing the message of Jesus. And you and I, we can do the same. We can do the same. And so really Colossians 1.27 says this. It says to them, one second. It says to them, God has chosen to make known the riches to make known uh, among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory is Christ in us. It's Christ in you, you and I, growing in our relationship, growing deep roots with God. And as we grow deep roots, the fruit comes and the light comes and the world looks at us and says, oh, I want that peace. Man, you're, you're not shaken through what's going on. Why, why aren't you shaken by the fear of the pandemic? And we can share our hope through the testimony of our lives. You know, I find this so interesting. There, there was a study done by, you know, the, the miracles in Jesus's life. One second, I go back to my notes here. Give me one second. I'm working in technology sometimes. There we go. So, That's not what I'm looking for. Thanks for uh, being patient with me. <laughs> so they did a study on the miracles of Jesus's life. And if you want to go to the screen, of the 34 miracles that Jesus performed, one took place in a church. <laughs> Let me repeat that to you guys. Of the 34 miraculous encounters that Jesus had, one took place in a church. God's game plan for peculiar times is you and I shining our light brighter than ever before, being the hope and sharing the good news of the gospel. We follow after our Savior Jesus, who didn't just go to the church to talk to the good people. He went to those. He went to the sick who needed the hope, and he went to them, and that's who he shared the good news of salvation to. And so my encouragement is you can do it. You can do it. And if you feel inadequate, listen, join the club. We all feel inadequate when we start doing something unknown. The first time you go to a gym, you, you, you walk into the gym and you feel like a complete bum. But once you start going, you start, to get, you start to get the hang of it. And the same thing goes with sharing your faith. It's not some hyper-spiritual thing. It is a th it's an obedience thing. It's an obedience thing that even though you see fear and you feel fear, you press through it and you say, listen, I love this person enough to share the good news of the gospel with them. Share this good news. Share some good news. Don't just share some good news like John Krasinski, Krasinski does. Share the good news. And here's a stat that I absolutely just can't even really wrap my mind around if we would really take this seriously. Um, a ministry called The Send did this, uh, used, uh, partnered with another uh, organization, did a study, and said if every Christian in America would lead one person to Christ, a third of America would be saved. If every Christian in America would lead one person to Christ, one third of all of America would be saved. You guys, we can do it. And peculiar times are the perfect time for it. Even though we may not be able to meet in person, phone calls, prayer, sharing on your social media page, not political posts, <laughs> hope-filled posts that lead people to Christ. Phone calls, text messages, prayer. These are the things that we need to be doing now uh, in order to take advantage of these peculiar times. 
And so share some good news. And ultimately, when we share good news, we have to be ready. Really, we have to be ready. You know, God, I mentioned it earlier, God's not telling us to be perfect. He tells us to be ready. He tells us to be ready. And this is what it says in 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 4. He says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. In season and out of season. Another way to think of that is, is be ready when it's convenient. Be ready when it's inconvenient. That's the, the, the Greek word. There's, it could be translated in season, but it also could be translated convenient. So be ready when it's convenient. Be ready when it's inconvenient. You know, oftentimes our fears keep us from sharing our faith. Our, our fear keeps us from growing and expanding the kingdom. And the devil's strategy is always to get Christians to shut their mouth. The devil's strategy is, is to convince Christians that their voice does not matter. And the total opposite is true because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word about Christ. And, and we get caught up in these what ifs. We get caught up in, the, in these what ifs and really we must not bow to the spirit of fear, but we must be ready in season and out of season to share the hope that we have, to share the message of truth. And really, I, when, I, when I think of being ready, I think of, uh, I think of Ephesians 6 and it says, 10 through 11, it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You notice here how it doesn't say you need to be strong and then it ends. It says you need to be strong in the Lord. So now be strong in yourself, being strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You know, being strong is not so much muscles, willpower, as much being strong in the Lord is surrender and consistency in a relationship with God. So being ready is doing, really doing the things on a daily basis that build a relationship with God. So it says, be strong in the Lord, put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So let's be ready. Listen, you might be saying, well, I don't know what to share. I don't know what to share with a friend. I don't know what to share with, with a coworker if you're still working. Listen, do the little things, which is simply do a YouTube search on how to share the gospel. Do a study in the scriptures of how to share the gospel. Read 1 Corinthians 15. Read John 3.16. Tell your story. It's that simple to say, listen, this is what God did for me. And this is how it impacted my life and changed everything that I am and that I'm becoming. See, it's not that complicated, but we, we disarm ourselves by making ourselves inadequate to actually be a minister of Christ and to lead people to Christ. And this is what I believe is God's game plan for peculiar times, which is to grow his kingdom through you and me being filled and ready with the hope of Christ for those people in our lives that are depressed, those people in our life that are crippled with fear, those people in our lot in the lives that have lost their jobs and are are really scrapping and fearful about how they're going to provide for their families. This is God's game plan, guys. It's you and me. 
It's you and me being ready and reaching out to those people in our lives that need the hope of Christ. There's, there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that you and I are connected through, through relationships that will never watch this message or similar messages on YouTube or Facebook. But that what they will have is they will have you. They'll be able to watch your life, how you respond, how you lead, and they'll ultimately be able to listen to what you have to say about Christ. And it's not your job, it's not your job to decide whether or not you should share based on whether you think they may or may not receive it. It's clear, God says, some water, some sow, God brings the harvest. You may sow a seed in someone in this time that won't reap a harvest for another two years, five years, 10 years, but we're called to sow. Let's sow and let's water in this time. And this is what I believe wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, is that God will bring those who are searching to those who are ready. God will bring those who are searching to those who are ready. And so I'm talking to Christians here. I'm talking to those that are, have a foundation in a, rela- with a, in a relationship with God. My question to you today is, are you ready? Are you ready spiritually? Are you ready, are you ready in, in a sense, scripturally to know how to lead someone to Christ biblically? Are you ready? Because God will bring those who are searching to those who are ready. And in these peculiar times, let's be ready. Let's be ready by praying more than we ever have for those who aren't saved. Let's be ready by digging into the word more than ever, growing our relationship with Christ. Let's be ready by legitimately walking through scripture of how, if someone were to ask me, how can I be saved? Tell me about your God. What would you answer? Write that down. Don't leave it up for chance and you stumble on, stumble with your words when they ask you. Be ready because God will bring those who are searching to those who are ready. To those who are ready. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close by reading this passage from 1 Timothy 4 one more time. Paul says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate them for themselves, teachers in accordance to their own desires." and will turn away their ears from truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. So guys, let's lead our families well in this time. Let's lead them spiritually before we lead them politically. Let's share with them the the perspective we need to have biblically before the perspective and opinions politically. Before you tell them what you think about the president's and how he's doing or how the governor's doing and how she's doing. Tell them what you think God is doing in this time because your family and your world is watching you. They're watching us. And if what we're talking about most is politics and what we're talking about most is the economy, which are important things, 
But if we're talking about them more and with more passion and zeal than we are with what God's doing in this time, our families and our worlds will watch and see what we're made of. And my hope for myself and my family is that they'll watch me and say, wow, he is, he is so in tune with what God's doing in this time. And now I'm not saying be ignorant of what's going on in the world. That's, that's not the message at all. It's caring more about what God's doing in this time than what our politicians are doing in this time. It's caring more about what God's doing than what my opinion about what's happening is. It's really saying, God, your game plan hasn't changed. We're growing your kingdom. We're partnering with what you're doing. And we're seeing our friends come to Christ. We're seeing our coworkers. We're seeing our family members come to Christ in these peculiar times. In these peculiar times. So my, my last uh, charge to us as we closed, is share some good news, is be ready and lead your family. God is faithful. He is, he is going to carry us through this situation. And if you're struggling, I, I really encourage you, God is with you right now. Whether it's through health, whether it's through your finances, God is with you right now. And he is going to see you through and you will come out on the other end stronger. Keep your eyes up, keep your heart healthy and soft and watch God do a mighty work in your life in this peculiar time. And so here, I just wanna pray for us as we, as we close this service, as we close this time together. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you. God, for speaking to us through these words in 2 Timothy, these reminders to, uh, to really preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, and to keep the most important thing on the front of our minds. So God, guide us and lead us in these times. And I want to pause here. If you're, if you're someone and you're watching and you don't really know why you're watching, you're, you're, you're unsaved, maybe you, you haven't been living for God, you don't call yourself a Christian, but you find yourself watching, this, this, uh, this message. I want to share just a really pointed and clear message. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. In these times, our world is shaken. Maybe your world's shaken with finances, with health, with really eternity facing you, and, uh, facing you and coming face to face. And you're wondering about death. You're, you're, you're considering what life is all about and you're considering what your purpose here is on earth. I'm here to tell you that every single person, myself included, before we met Christ, we were on a fast track to hell because of our sin. Romans says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And everyone on earth, their conscience bears witness to the fact that they truly aren't really a good person. And we can't fix it on our own. Maybe your world is shaken and I'm here to tell you, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. But there's one thing that he requires. He requires us to hear the message of Christ, which is he died to save sinners and raised back to life so that you could be free from sin, its consequences, and live a new life. If you're here and you're watching and you want to give and dedicate your life to Christ, I want to give you that opportunity. See, what God requires is faith, which is a belief in what Christ did for your sin. And it requires repentance, which is turning away from your old life. And God promises that if we call on his name, we'll be saved. 
So if that's you and you want to make that decision right now, don't wait. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till this is over. Now is your time to commit your life to Christ because eternity waits for all humanity and what we do in this life matters. And so I want you to pray with me if you, if you want to make that decision. I want you to pray with me right now. So say, Heavenly Father, God, I'm, I'm sorry for the sin that has infected me and that I have committed. I could never, I could never undo all the wrong that I've done. And God, I believe that you are real. And I believe that Jesus paid the price for my sin by dying on a cross. And I believe that he raised, like he really raised back to life. And when he raised back to life, he destroyed and conquered death and sin. So God, I put my faith and trust in you. I turn from my old ways and I commit to living my life for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, that is the best decision you could ever make. God is with you even right now.